everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Behind the PFP. Today, I have a very special guest. He is an investor, a creator, and one-third of the star-studded new podcast, Not Financial <laughs> Advice. Rob, thank you so much for joining me today. Yeah, Jay. Thanks for having me. Fun times. Now, I wanted to talk a little bit about your background for those that don't know you. You have an interesting story. You had some experience in the military, and then you got into healthcare and e-commerce. Can you walk me through a little bit about your experience kind of leading up to when you got into crypto? Yeah. So, you know, first of all, I'm old, so I've been around a block for quite some time. But uh, it all started, you know, high school and college, and college wasn't really doing things well for me, I will say. So I decided to enlist into the military. So I went in the military and became a combat medic, run around, try to save people, all that great stuff, right? And then, uh, so that was for an eight-year stint. And then throughout that time, uh, they said, uh, one of the one of my uh, upper superiors said, who wants to get out of the field? I said, I want to get out of the field as fast as possible. I hate this. Okay, we'll go cross-train up in the hospital. So then they, I went from to be a 91 Bravo, which is, again, this is back in like the 90s. I uh, became what was called a 91 Charlie, which is an LVN or a nurse. And after I got out, I became uh, an RN, a registered nurse. And I did a lot of things with uh, home health care and then management. And then I went into uh, medical device instruction or sales through this company called KCI. And then also along the way, I also did um, uh, pharmaceutical research in a place called MDS. So a little bit into the medical field. And that was like uh, 10 or 15 years. But along that way, I kind of figured out that if I trade my time for money, I will never get ahead. So I started to dabble into uh, online sales, online education. So I did a website called, it was uh, Rob's Review. And it, I would help uh, nursing students pass their clinical exams. So how they would, you know, how you do a neurological exam, respiratory assessment, things like that. And this was back in the day when like, it wasn't as easy as this, like just to like do a video, like you could do a video, but I wouldn't sell it on like, it wasn't like a, a download. It was yet this, like it was DVDs. So it's these to all these nursing students. And that was like, like my first foray into like an online education or another business. And then from there, it's kind of rolled off into other things, which would be real estate, sports facility, um, Amazon business. And then uh, finally into the big crypto and digital assets investments to where we're Rat right now. So I like to do all those things to kind of diversify, kind of spread my my uh, experience and wealth around just to get into the, the basics. Thank you for sharing with me. So you wrote a blog on your website about retiring and how it may not be all it's cracked up to be. And I want to read a quote that you wrote. You said, you know, what do you do with your life when money is not an issue and you don't have to be a slave to the nine to five or get caught up in the rat race? It seems like you started to figure that out from what you were just saying. For someone like me, I feel very much stuck in the aforementioned rat race. You know, it's a question that I'm asking myself a lot. So I know that you go on to talk about the three P's, pleasure, passion and purpose and how it kind of led into this next chapter of your life and your YouTube channel. So I was wondering if you could talk to us about your short stint at retirement and how it got you to the next chapter. Yeah, retirement sucks. I mean, like people people, people talk about it and like, oh, it's going to be awesome because then I can just lounge around and I can go play golf and hang out with my friends at this point. But it, it's once you get into it, and there's a, 
uh, had a couple of friends who were firefighters and they, they would talk about, uh, the five-year firefighter, which it was, it was, there was some correlation between from when a person retires as a firefighter with all their, 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 their camaraderie, the people that they hang around, the purpose of serving the public and then retiring and doing nothing to when they just expire, essentially what it comes down to. And when I first got into it, I was, this was when I had actually, it was an odd time with my life. I would, I had separated from my wife. I was living in Las Vegas and I had figured out how to, again, this was that online education website, how to not work for anybody else and just not really need money per se. It would just kind of be an automatic um, stream of revenue. So now when you don't have to go to work, I remember going into it. Um, I was an intake coordinator for a home health company. I would go and uh, assess different patients, see if they were suitable for go to home health. And I came in, I go, you know what? I don't need to work, guys. I'm just going to put my two weeks in. That's it. And I go, are you sure? you like, oh, yeah, that's it. And I'm going to live the life. So imagine this. You're in your 30s. And you uh, are in Las Vegas. And you don't have to really worry too much or much at all as far as uh, money and revenue. What would you do? What would you do? Well, you do a lot of stupid things or a lot of fun things. But but in the end, as time goes on, and we, we talked about this off camera, we talked about uh, the Zappos book from uh, Tony Shea, Tony Sai, I always get his name wrong. And he talked about the same thing about, uh, it, was, it was just a chart. On the bottom left-hand side, it was uh, pleasure. And then on, in the middle, it was the passion. And then on the upper right, it was purpose. So it goes, at first you start down this like little rock star type of thing and you just have your dopamine rush and do what you want to do and, and have a great time. But it only will fulfill you for so long. And anybody who's retired or has lived that kind of lifestyle will tell you it's only great for so long before you're like, what am I doing here? What is my purpose? What should I be doing? Because I can't just lounge around all day and then wake up and do whatever I want to do and have this fun because it will never lead me to anything great. So you say, okay, well, I'm going to have a little bit of, of passion for something. And then you get into some type of another business deal, another ability to buy another condo or something. I don't know. And then before you know, it, you're like, okay, that's good. But then you got to figure out, well, that's just going to make more money. And that's just, that's compounding the, the, the issue. And I have to find my purpose. What is it that I really want to do out there? I know right now people probably listen to this like this guy. He has no idea what, what I'm going through. Trust me. When I was going, when I just got out of the military, I couldn't really do anything because I couldn't, you know, work in the in the field that I was in. I remember working two different jobs. I work at I work at UPS and a grocery store. I worked two jobs to make ends meet because that's just what you had to do. I get it. It sucks. It's tough. You know, nine to five wasn't nine to five. It was nine to nine because you'd have to work extra extra shifts and things like that. So I totally get it. But there's going to come a point and it's going to be faster than what you think. It, it happened to me. I think, Jade, it's going to happen to you as you go through with your, you know, with your journey through crypto and digital assets. Then you got to figure out, well, what's my passion? And I and you can you can look at it in two ways. So for me, there's always always two things I think about, like purpose of life type of thing, like the big huge. Uh, philosophy and mystery. There's two ways you can look at it like with the Dalai Lama. And he says, he break, he boils it down to like this, just to love and be loved. That's a pretty good way to do it. Love and be loved. I got that. What about the other part? The other part is from the Stoics. You can take a look at Marcus Aurelius and Epictetus. 
and, and those, I mean, the ancients, and they would say, the purpose of life is to constantly improve and to improve those around you. So if you can do those, those four things, essentially, that's a pretty good way. But now it's up to you to figure out what that is. And of course, I can't tell you what that is, but everybody has a different purpose. So if you can do those four things, improve people, improve yourself constantly, it's a pretty way to live, pretty good way to live your life. How did you figure out that education was it for you? Education as far as uh, life goals or education as far as like educating other people? Educating other people. You started ah. educating the nurses, right? Helping them with their degrees. And now you educate people getting into the crypto space. So that seems to be a very positive driving force in your life. So what kind of led you to find the education? Yeah, that's a good question. You know, I never thought about that. Why is it like that? But I think it kind of comes down to who, who a person is, right? Because we all know those people, most of the people, let's be honest, most of the people out there, there's givers and there's takers. And I think we all know this, right? So I, and for the majority of people I meet, it's it, there's, it seems like they're, they're more givers and there are takers. And then there's just different, different people on that spectrum, right? So for me, like, I know, like when I was growing up, I mean, my, like my mom would always want to say the same thing, you know, like, like, who, who'd you help today? Or what have you done good today? And that was one of those things. And then as you grow up, like when I went in the military, uh, you know, you take this, this test called an ASVAB test and you can just see how, you know, reasonably intelligent you are. Like, and of course I told you like, well, you're not, you know, brain dead. So, you know, what would you like, to, what would you like to do? And they gave me this list of, of different occupations or MOSs that I could do. And I was like, oh, a medic, that'd be pretty fun. I like to do that help people. And then the next thing, nurse. And the next thing, education, and the next thing. So I think for me, it's always kind of been that way to, to help to educate people. And talking about that, you know, we, we educate and we try to do our best thing along that continuum or, of life, but we do get it wrong sometimes, right? So like, I know like we've gone through a pretty crappy path with, let's just say for our recent investments, like a Celsius and a Voyager. Those are two things that like, I can't get back. Those are one of those are two mistakes that I made for, for me and my investment strategy and what I did. And then unfortunately, like I would tell people it's not financial advice, but I would talk about these things. And, uh, it wasn't, I don't think I put enough weight on it that it was a, a very, it was more risk than what it was. We didn't think it was that risky, even though it really was. So even though we try to educate, we still get some things wrong and we're still fallible but we try to do the best thing that we can do along the way. Going into this education aspect, what specifically led you to doing crypto education and a crypto YouTube podcast? <laughs> uh, so it's because I got, well, first of all, I've t I said this, this story many times. It's uh, I, my friends and family got sick of me talking about it. So that was the first thing. And the second thing was, again, I was getting into that stagnation period because the website was doing fine. I was doing Amazon FBA and that's pretty simple, quite honestly. And then the sports facility, someone else runs it. And then for the real estate, we have real estate managers that do it. So I was kind of like, I didn't really have a ton of time to, uh, I had a lot of time to do things. So I was like, well, maybe I want to start like a, a, a YouTube channel because I was like the YouTube videos that I would watch in 2017 were just awful. They were just awful. It was all that stupid O face. And they would just talk about how everything's going to go to the moon and how it was just so crazy and, 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 and just amazing. 
remember John McAfee told me Bitcoin was going to go to a million dollars and that never happened for some reason. I don't know why he lied to me. Not yet. Not yet. Exactly. Not yet. John McAfee could still be right. So when, why did I, I kind of get into education? First of all, I thought like, well, I need something to do. It'd be good to do this. And I talk about it all the time. I as well tell people. And the second part was maybe I can do a little bit better job. Maybe I can not be so into sensationalism, just kind of give people the basics and break it down. Uh, again, I'm not the smartest or the sharpest tool in the shed, but I'm one thing I'm decent at is I can kind of break things down into the simple aspects of it to where it's not so complex. I think it was um, Steve Jobs who said, no, no, it was Albert Einstein. Everything should be made as simple as possible, but not simpler. And if we can just break these things down, I think it'll help people to do and get into crypto like I want want them to and how I got into it and get excited about it, but just have to be simplified as much as possible. So that's why I got an education. Now on your website, you were telling me that you have four or five very simple rules for people that are getting into the space. Can you tell, ah, me, yeah. can you tell so, me what those are and what people might expect to find if they sign up for your course? So there's, so there's, well, in every video that I do now, underneath where my, my video screen is and I do the d- daily stories, about what's going on in the crypto verse, the crypto world. There's just these five rules and they're very simple. And the first one, it says it's all gone, meaning that you should never invest more than you can afford to lose. If you think to yourself, okay, all this, and I'm, I'm going to put in my life savings. I'm going to sell my kids and my kidneys and I'm putting it all on Luna. Okay. If you do that, just know that, <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> just know that it's, it's, it's a pretty high risk and it's all gone. If you can think like that and then you're like, Maybe I shouldn't do so much. So there's that first thing. The next one is is 100% scam, meaning everything's a scam until proven otherwise. Even if like you watching this video right now, if I reach out to you, which I won't, but let's just say that you get an email from me or a message from me or you're on tel- Telegram and you're like, oh, Rob wants to know my, my investment goals and he's got this great deal for me. I should sign up for it. I'm a scam. Everything's a scam until proven otherwise. So you have to understand that. Next one is uh, don't use leverage. Don't lose. And of course, you can 2x and 10x and 100x, but it's just a heartache. And then uh, the next one is don't or make sure you don't leave anything on exchanges. And I'll give you three reasons for that. It's called uh, Celsius, Voyager, and FTX. Don't ever forget that these things happen. And the last thing is, is take profits. If I would have listened to myself, this is where I, I, you know, I, I try to learn from my own mistakes. I made a, an exit strategy along the way from you know 2019, because I started in 2017. I wrote all the way up and all the way down. And 2018, I go, okay, well, I can cut my losses or I can just start doing this thing called dollar cost averaging and just keep accumulating until the next one. I did that. Then in 2019, I thought to myself, I should probably do an exit strategy because at some point I'm going to have to sell. So I made an exit strategy. It's There's a link in the description of all my videos and it was my first one. And I just, as I, as I laddered in, I would also ladder out. I would take some profits along the way. And the problem I did though, was towards the end, we talked about this, I got a little bit too greedy. So now I try to hammer it home of those, of those five rules. And I think you don't have to follow my rules. You can make your own rules, but just, these are just the things that I've done and they, they work for me. And this of course is not financial advice. I think everyone should take the best of everyone. That's actually when I was chatting with Ben, you know, that's yeah. what he, says he likes to do. And and one thing that he said is the biggest struggle for him as a content creator is dealing with 
online trolls and a question how are you <laughs> how you oh. do with it one thing that he said to me was you know people want predictions but you can never show scams and you get one thing wrong you can be right about everything get one thing wrong and then the pitchforks come out and so i'm wondering you do your best we all do the best that we can but there's a lot of negativity out there how do you deal with the online trolls so i think of it in a couple of ways first of all uh, Ben's right. There's a lot of trolls and people are angry and with, with good reason, because they're angry because, you know, things didn't go hundred percent great at all times. I get that. And sometimes I kind of look at it like there was a, a quote in meditations by Marcus Aurelius. And he said, it is, it is better that these things happen to me than anybody else because I can handle these things. So when I, when I get hate, you know, from, from trolls or people say, Rob, you're wrong at this and you're wrong at that. So I don't ever ban anybody on my on my site. I will I will kick you out if you're you know shilling a, a straight up scam like hey you know BitConnect two is going to be awesome then of course you're going to be gone. But the the ones that say Rob you know didn't you again didn't you shill Celsius didn't you shill Voyager and I say yes you're right and like how can you do this and they get they get very angry about it and I say very realistically I'm like look. Voyager and Celsius, like in this specific example, like Voyager and Celsius worked until they didn't. When I figured out about Celsius, I put a video out about it. And hours later, they shut off withdrawals. With Voyager, because it was a publicly traded company, when I figured it out, because they did a $640 million loan of three hours capital, put out a video and two weeks later, they shut off. But when people get still are, are angry about like uh, something I'm, I got wrong about in one of my videos, like just to yesterday, I misquoted, I said... Um, uh, I misquoted, I, I replaced the word coin desk with coin base. And there was somebody in the comments that said, you know, how can you do that? What, you know, how stupid are you to do those things? And I was like, you know what? You're right. That should have been a little better. So for me, like, I always have to think about the people that are behind the trolling because sometimes everybody's fighting a battle. I don't know what it is. So I try to be as like realistic as possible and as kind of as calm as I possibly can kind of go from there. Remember, uh, Jay, I'm, I'm, I, as, as time goes on, uh, things don't really bother me as much as they used to because I just get old. That's just how it goes. <laughs> but I still get a little angry sometimes, but it, it's rare. It's hard not to. I mean, obviously, I'm on a much lower profile, but I've gotten a few negative things and it's hard to let it go and, and not take things personally. So. I, have, I commend you for, for having such a positive attitude in those regards, because I, the platform that you're at, there's so much and, and that takes a really strong person. Oh, yeah. Well, that's just it. Like, like, as you get older, you're just like, ah, I mean, look, if I was doing this channel, I was 20, like 22, 23, I'd probably be fighting with everybody all day long, honestly. Yeah. <laughs> but but as time goes on, I'm like, ah, oh, you know, I do have a point on that one. So yeah, off I go. So speaking of YouTube, you are now part of a very fun new weekly podcast called um, Not yeah. Financial Advice with Ben Cowan from Into the Cryptoverse and Guy from Coin Bureau. So I'm wondering how did that come about and what is it like collaborating with other creators in the space? You know, it's a funny thing. Like, well, I had met Guy and the team from Coin Bureau when Guy had like 50,000 subscribers and I had like 10,000 subscribers. And it because we started around the same time, he just tend to blow up a lot faster than I did two point something million subscribers, but it, must it be was the, the accent. It is the accent, the accent. And he's 
like a super like I mean he's a, he's a smart guy as well. He's been in, he's been in crypto for longer than even I have, and I think Ben's been even longer than 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 both of us. But and and he knows a ton about crypto, and of course he's got a team behind him. He does great things. But I remember it was because in 2019, 2020, when there was a ban going on with YouTube and crypto, because Google, which owns YouTube in a subsidiary way, they started to get away from uh, crypto ads. And because of that, they were trying to shut down uh, crypto YouTubers. And what I did was, I mean, the bigger ones got got took, taken off, but they got put right back on like two weeks later. So what I did was as a small one, I said, hey, I'm going to reach out to these other small uh, YouTube channels and go, how would you guys like to do this? Uh, if your channel goes down, we'll be like like a little, like, like, like a consortium, a cabal. And if your channel goes down, then the rest of us will you know, support you and talk about your next channel, whatever it is that you decide to start up. And we'll make sure that you try to get to the, to the most, to your original subscribers and we'll talk about it every day. It'll be very easy. And it just, you know, we just protect each other. So I reached out to many of them and uh, actually small and medium. And some of these are actually big, big channels now. And there's a reason why I am, I still chat with, with Guy and, and Ben. It's because some of the channels just straight up said, either they ignored me or they just straight up said, that's ridiculous. I would never do that. So the ones that did do it, we're the ones like guy and the ones that I associate with now. So I will just leave it at that. And that's what, it, and that's what it is. So, yeah. That sounds, I mean, to me, that's a no brainer. It's such a good idea. You want to help each other out and it speaks to someone's character, right? Well, I mean, I don't, I can't speak for them, but that's just, that's just what it was back then. I was like, maybe, and I, I think about it again, everybody's dealing with their own battles. So maybe they look at me like, who is this? This is, I sound like a scam. I, maybe this, and this guy's only got like 10,000 subscribers. Who is this guy? It sounds weird. I'm not going to go for it, but, <laughs> but like, like Guy and, and Ashoshi and Dave crazy for cryptos and, uh, Mike, the investor and, you know, some other channels, you know, they were like, yeah, we'll do that. No big deal. And that's why I talk to those guys still. Well, I love that. And I love the show. I love the style that you guys are going through because you each have three very different perspectives and you don't always agree, but I respect each of your opinions and it's fun to hear you all talk about a different perspective. I've been following Ben for a very long time, but now I enjoy hearing people challenge him, right? And and I, I'm so enjoying the new show. Yeah, sometimes we, there is like, when we talk, sometimes we we all kind of think the same thing on, on a certain macro level, which is we think that the macro events are gonna kind of bring us down, which is what the narrative has been so far. And we talked about that actually after the last show. We said, hey, should, you know, we know we're all going to agree on the macro of, uh, effects because that's what we do. But then we talked about I'm like, well, I go, you guys don't agree with me on dollar cost averaging. You guys don't want to start buying. Like, no, we don't. And then I said, and then we talked about it. And Ben said, well, do you guys agree that, you know, Bitcoin's, you know, the best uh, investment as opposed to Bitcoin and Ethereum? And me and Guy were like, no, we think that you should do Bitcoin and Ethereum. And he's like, see, we should talk about these things more because these are the things we don't agree with. And we were, we were focused on a little macro event. So leading into it, we're going to start to to delve into other aspects and then also play devil's advocate for each uh, different uh, uh, arguments that we have. So it'll be interesting moving forward. I am excited to see how that plays out. Yeah, me too. <laughs>
So uh, we touched on this a little bit already, um, but I wanted to talk about it a bit more. I really admire that you've been so vocal about your past mistakes and that you've stayed really positive and that you go out of your way to share about them, which is not easy so that people can learn. I have watched some of your stuff. I know that you lost 20,000 ADA because you wrote your yes. key on the back of a piece of paper during the test set phase. You said they lost six figures in Celsius and another five figures in Voyager. Oof. True. Uh, and then for me, you know, Luna and Celsius uh, was pretty tough. It's been a tough year. One thing that I've been really hard on myself about is I'm an avid DeFi user. I played around on just about every L1. I yeah. have not your keys, not your crypto ingrained in my brain, yet I still got burned by Celsius. And it's been really hard for me to forgive myself in a way. The reason why I still had money on Celsius, similar to your piece of paper experience, uh, I had an issue with private custody where I had yeah. I fell for a scam and I had a wallet drained. So it was my idea of diversification to just always have a little bit of Bitcoin somewhere else just in case. I knew the risks, but that was what I was comfortable with. So for someone else that's been in crypto for a long time who uses DeFi, I'm curious, you know, why um, why were you still using the centralized platforms? How have you coped with the losses this year? And what have you learned the most from this experience? So this was what this is what me and my friend Jerry Hall were talking about. Like, why did we why do we fall victim to this? And it's because of complacency. And I put it all on myself. Uh, and because we talked about it, we go, we, cause we came in in 2017, me and Jerry, and we knew about the Mt. Gox hack. So we knew that it, exchanges were not a great place to keep it because of hacks. Right. So then there was like a little twist when Celsius and Voyager came along, then it was like, well, we're not, we're a centralized exchange, but we're not because Voyager, they were a broker. So they would use, they would aggregate different exchanges. So you would never lose all of your crypto. And Celsius was like, well, we have this, you know, hold mode or whatever the heck I, uh, whatever it was. And of course we have loans and of course we're going to make it there. So it should be okay. And what it really came down to was this. We started to believe that narrative and I believe the narrative. And then when, once I got into it and I did it for so long, because remember Voyager and Celsius worked until they didn't. Voyager did exactly what they said they were going to do. The only thing that they screwed up, well, they, they made a couple of mistakes, but the big thing they did was that huge uncollateralized loan. And it only takes one, one thing. So what, what it came down to was it was my fault because I, I trusted and I should have verified. And now moving forward, this is what me and Jerry were talking about. I think what's going to worry me moving forward. And this is why I keep doing these videos, even though some days, like we talk about, I'm not like, super pumped to do a video in the next bull run in 24 25 26 27 whenever it is the narrative is going to switch for these centralized players or a centralized entity and they're going to say look mount gox was a hack we figured out how to how to deal with that the other part was there was co-mingling of funds and there was uncollateralized loans we fixed that now we're going to do this thing what's going to make it everything okay and just trust us and you're going to be able to put your your crypto and be safe you don't have to worry about hosting or having custody and people are going to believe it. That's what, that's my prediction. So it's going to be up to me and you, Ben, Guy, and everybody else out there to remind them, look, I'm going to give you three reasons 
why you have to custody it. It's Voyager Celsius FTX. They're going to tell you a song and dance, but it's more important that you learn how to custody it. And hopefully in that, you know, in two or three years, we have a, a easier system than a nano ledger. Then you can say, you're going to, yeah, you're going to actually be able to own your actual crypto. And what do you even own? Like, if you think about it, like, like, so, so this place in Puerto Rico or the, or, you know, uh, different place we have, we have, you know, the title, you know, we own the, the the house, but do we really own, own the house? Well, not really, because the government owns the land underneath it. And if I don't pay the taxes, they can just foreclose. And the same thing would be like with stocks. You know, do you really own the stocks? You really have, do you really take possession of it? And the same thing would be like with your bank account and bank of America is just those uh, customers are figuring this out right now. They don't really own these things as they start to lose their funds that are in there. The only thing you could come close to it, and this is what Jerry told me, and it was a good point. He said, the only thing you come close to actually owning, owning something in reality is if it's like a gold bar. This is why, you know, gold bugs and, and uh, metals, metal people love this. And then also, if you think about your car, if you have like the title, you actually own your car. But then like for your funds in your bank, which are just zeros and ones, you don't really own anything. But with crypto, you have it on a ledger. It's yours, your private keys. You actually own that if it's in that that system. Now, MetaMask, I don't know. I, I can't I can't I can't vouch for that. But these are the things that this is the narrative that I think is going to go forward. So to answer your question, why did I do it? It was my fault and complacency. I thought I could trust and I and I and I obviously couldn't. Moving forward, since I learned from that, I'll be able to hammer it home to people mm -hmm. you can do it but here's why you shouldn't mm -hmm. i really like that you've taken an approach of self-responsibility and not the victim mindset that's what i've been trying ah. to do as yeah. well you know there's really there's no one to blame you know i'd love to point fingers at someone it would be so much easier right mm -hmm. but at the end of the day it was my fault you know and and i really appreciate what you said. And I like that this is going along with your purpose in helping educate people. You can help present the information and there will be the class of 2023, 24 and beyond. And yeah. they're not going to know these lessons. They didn't live through this year like we did. And it's your purpose to help share that with others. So. Yeah. Thanks. And then Jay, is, but doesn't it make sense though? Like we talked about with Marcus Aurelius about talking about how it's, it's better it happened to me than somebody else. Cause like, okay. So like you, right young person you can you can you can bounce back i know it's tough but you can bounce back and then you're really delving into the the defi aspect which will probably take off in the next bull run so like it's a good thing it would like happen to like somebody like yourself as opposed to and this this used to happen to me when i worked home health and this is why i hate scammers so much is that i would go to a patient's house and nap all the time and uh you know talk to the patients and they're usually elderly obviously home health 70 80 years old get scanned out of their entire life savings. Now, what do they do? If it happens to them and they lose everything, they are screwed because it's not like they got time to, to, to make this all back. So for me, like, I'm just glad it happened to me. I hate to say it, but I'm glad it happened to you because now you can protect everybody else that comes after us. In a way, I'm not at the point yet where I'm happy or grateful about it happening. <laughs> well, no, you'll never will. I truly will be. But. It's been an emotional roller coaster, but I do feel that this experience has set me down a new path 
And it's helping me find, as we were talking about before, my passion and my purpose and helping other people share their knowledge. This is something that's very important to me and positivity. And, you know, we were speaking before, even when I was up all that paper money on, on Luna, I wasn't happy. I didn't feel fulfilled, but in the last couple of months, feeling like I'm giving back and helping people and contributing in a nice way, I am so much happier than I ever was on any silly trade and you're right i am happy that happened to me because some of the other stories i have heard are heartbreaking and you know some of my friends watching them leave the space and you know dealing with those phone calls in the immediate aftermath it was very hard um, to be strong for yourself but then also to be strong for others as well Oof. I, yeah here's a story like uh like i have a friend steven who owns the san juan smokehouse uh it's just down in the condado area here in puerto rico and he's like and i just got we, we do meetups every so often which is essentially me just buying everybody beers and shots uh, as we go down to this place because i mean in the bear market yeah yeah you're welcome yeah, everybody's welcome everybody can come down and just you know we can uh complain about the markets it's pretty fun but he was he was a big believer in voyager as myself and he had a uh he had a business account he had the debit card he had rolled most of his funds into into Voyager for the business. And he said, you know what? He goes, man, he goes, I gotta tell you that. He goes, the video you put out, he goes, you know, about Voyager. He goes, if I hadn't seen that, I would have, all my funds would have still been in there. He goes, all of them. He goes, but thankfully, you know, I took it all out in time, but that's just one positive. For every one positive, I hear the other ones, you know, like I hear a lot of FTX people who just lost their entire life savings and that's just gone. So they are all awful. Uh, that is for sure. So just awful. Again, a way that we can give back is to help share our story with others. It's hard to be vulnerable. It's hard to talk about our mistakes. And one thing when I was first getting into the crypto space, I was jaded because I only ever saw a number go up and look at all this, you know, 100x I made on this return. I didn't know that people could lose money. I, I thought that this was a no brainer. And what I didn't realize was for every one time they had a winning trade, there was a bunch that they were losing on. So I told myself if I was going to be more active, I wanted to show the good and the bad, the full spectrum. And I, I really see that in you and I respect that because it's not. Yeah. You, you, so Jay, thank you. And you know what it's like? It's like when I, when I lived in Vegas, I had a couple of friends who were just like, we talk about degenerates, but I had some friends who were degenerate gamblers. And like, I, like I, I talked to them and we'll say Pete, Hey Pete, you know, how things go at the, at the tables the last weekend. Oh man, it was awesome. I was up like $10,000. I, I was crushing it this weekend. I'm like, oh, you up, are you up for the year? He's like, no, I'm down like 120,000. But this weekend though, 10,000, phew. And that's all he would talk about for the whole week, that 10,000 big, but not the other 110 that he's down. So it's just one of those things where it's like people always, like you you have a, there's there's a version and there's like the reality. And it's good that we we bring forth the reality just a little bit. It's It's risky out there. Definitely. So again, we kind of touched on this as well. I don't know if this will relate to your Celsius Voyager experience, um, but the biggest challenge that you feel you faced in your crypto career and how did you overcome it? Was it this experience or perhaps something else? You know what? It's the first experience. It's the first, it's getting over that, that, that first hump. It's, it's tough. It's, it's a toss up actually, because that, that first hump, because when you first get into crypto, you know, you hear all the, all the positive stories, how it's going to change the world and everybody's involved. And there's all these stories about, about uh, uh, different partnerships that are going on and, 
and and the news articles and and you can take a look at on-chain data about how things are growing and and everything just sounds fantastic and then that first dip you're like oh that's weird but you know it'll go up and maybe it does it doesn't but that first bear market when you first feel it and then all the news outlets that were covering it as bitcoin and crypto was going to be the next savior of all time all of a sudden becomes demonized and is going to zero and you're like where the heck were these people when this was going up all the way it's that first time when you have to go through it and you have to decide for yourself okay is this really going to zero? Did I just get taken? Is this a scam? And if you can get through that, like we did, I think that's the initial hardest one. And the second hardest for me, and, and Ben talks about this on, on his channel, I got to agree with him, is just apathy. Just as everything chops sideways, nothing's really going on. Because let's be honest, if, if okay, Jade, here's a question for you. Bitcoin today is 21,000, something like that. If for some reason, I don't know what, Black Swan event or something. It goes down to ten thousand. What would you do? What would I do? Yeah, it goes to ten thousand, right? Would you like say, okay, well, that's boring. I don't really care about that. Would you buy some or would you just sell off? At this point, I'd probably be really excited and I would be buying. <laughs> that's just it. So I so I, I I guess I should preface it with, you know, what really caused it. Let's just say it was Jerome Powell comes out and he's like, you know what? We're going to go 100 basis points. Okay. So it, it just drops for whatever reason. In that type of situation, even though it's gone down, it's exciting, right? So you're like, oh, I can't wait to buy it because I'm going to, yeah, I know it's going to go up. That's exciting. But let's say it goes from 20,000 to 40,000. Joe Biden comes out and goes, you know what? We're going to make Bitcoin the reserve currency of the world. 40,000, easy, 50,000, 60,000. Well, that's kind of a no brainer. So it's exciting either way. If it goes down, you're like, well, that's exciting. I get to buy. It goes up. That's exciting. I get to sell or, you know, just watch my portfolio go up. But what's really awful is to where it goes up 0.1% one day, negative 0.2 the next day, 0% the next day. And it does that for four or five months. That's the part that I think is the second toughest thing to get over. And for me, that was the hardest in 2018 when I was doing it. I mean, thank goodness. I just would automatically set the dollar cost average and buy things because I was so bored out of my mind. That's the second hardest part to get over. If you can get over those two things, you're good to go. And then, of course, the last one, which is what I'm still working on, is when to sell. But I'll figure that out as time goes on. Hopefully, we have it figured out by the next bull market. On the flip side, what would you say has been your biggest accomplishment or proudest moment? in the crypto space? Let's see. Gosh. My, the proudest moment in the crypto space, you know what it comes down to? Is, I, I gotta tell you, that story that I, 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 it sounds weird, but the story I just told you, one of the proudest times was Steven, when he came up to me and said, hey man, for that video that you put out, you saved my business. That was probably one of the, one of the big ones. I mean, the, the, the other ones are, are good when people say, you know, hey, I, you know, I like the coverage you did of this crypto asset and I invested into it and it did really well and I got out. That's fantastic. So I think those are the, the big type of things. It's not, it's not the subscribers or the likes and all that stuff. I, I mean, it's nice and everything else, but I think it really comes down to like, did I, did I move the needle? Did I help people enough to make a positive bent? I think those are the things that really does it for me. So what I'm hearing from you, it's not about 
did I get a trade right or a call right? It's about, was I able to help someone? Did I make a difference through the information that I'm putting out there? Yeah. I mean, it's nice to make a right call, right? No one wants to be wrong. I mean, I'm wrong all the time. You can ask my wife, but I mean, it's, it's a lot nicer, a lot more fulfilling when, you know, you're able to, you know, someone comes up and says, you know what, man, thanks for this, or thanks for this information, or you know what, thanks for showing me how to transfer my fund onto a ledger, because you were able, I was able to get this off before FTX collapsed. Those are pretty great stories. Those are the ones that even though I don't want to do a video, I'll do a video because of those. That's awesome. I've heard you say a couple of times to watch those that are building in the bear because they right. crush it in the bull. So I'm wondering, are there any projects that you are watching right now that you are excited about? Or maybe it's too early to say. No, it's not, I mean, I get excited. You know what? It's funny, though. It's like we know that some of these projects are building. They're going to be they might be good. They might not be. So before I even say what I'm going to say let me just preface it with this. This is where I've learned from my mistakes. You know that great restaurant down the street from you in some strip mall or whatever else, and you go in there and, and you're like, yeah, the food is just fantastic. This place is awesome. And there's nobody here. It's crazy, but it'll probably pick up. You go back a couple of weeks later, nobody's there. Maybe a couple of people. Food is awesome. The service is fantastic. I mean, it's just magnificent. You come back in two months later and it's closed. You're like, what the heck happened? That was so good. They had all these... This, fantastic food. The service was fantastic. I heard they had a partnership with whoever, another one. Sometimes businesses don't make it. That's just how it is. And uh, I mean, small businesses, I mean, the majority after five years, 80 to 90% fail. So having said all that, uh, I am excited about... Thanks. Yeah. I, I'm pretty sure I stole that from somebody else, but it, but I appreciate it. So like for for these ones, when I look at it and I see the people that are building, like, first of all, Polygon. I mean, Polygon, they, Disney picked them up for their, in, for their incubation program. I've covered a, different, a couple of different projects, one of those being Gensu Kishi, which is a, a play to earn multiverse game. And they built on Polygon. A lot of things are being built on Polygon because it's so cheap. So on that one, I think Polygon could be, could do pretty well, especially as Ethereum seems to like start to win things. The, the other ones that I'm excited about is, uh, and also, full disclosure, I'm super biased when I say about this because I'm gonna, if I'm going to say it, I'm going to I own it. So just so everybody's like, I wonder if Rob owns that. Oh, Rob owns it. Trust me. So like the other one would be World Mobile Token, which is uh, you know it's built on Cardano. They're the ones that are built are bringing telecommunications into parts of Africa, and they're surprise branching off into the USA. So what's what I like about them is that. It's actual real world, real world utility. You can go to World Mobile Scanner, and you can see that the amount of terabytes that are being used right now through their it's through video and telecommunications and, and data, which is you can do right. It's like over two two terabytes, which is not a lot. I mean, quite honestly, but in third world countries, that's huge, and that's like forty percent of the entire globe needs these types of services. So I like those ones. Um, of course, the Avalanche. Things that we've covered late, lately, that's only because it's it's a recency bias. You know, I take a look at the Amazon uh, Amazon Web Service, their partnership, Alibaba, which is just like Amazon but in China, and then that that large gaming platform which they they uh, partnered with. It look it looks pretty good, and Cosmos, 
because we've talked about those, the, the layer zero technology and the things they're doing. And one thing I will say about Cosmos is this. They are battle tested. Did you know? I think, well, you do, Jade, but people at home, Luna was built on Cosmos. And when Luna crashed, and it crashed hard, that didn't affect anything else. That didn't affect the crypto, the crypto.com coin or all the different coins that are built on Cosmos. Players are like, we don't care. They had their own validators, everything else just kept going. Now, in other layer one solutions, if that solution goes down, that's it. So uh, off they go. So I like that one. Cardano could be big. Layer ones, I, I like polka dots, maybe Solana if they ever figure out, like, I know people are going to hate this, but maybe stop going down all the time. And, uh, <laughs> and of course, I like Chainlink just because I don't know of any other Oracle that's being used to pull real world data into smart contracts. So, and of course, Bitcoin, Ethereum. So those types of things I think could do pretty well. But again, if two hit and the other eight fail, I'm, I'm feeling pretty good. Well, I am excited to have you start to explore the Cosmoverse. It's, right. Uh, something that I started exploring after Luna. I feel like a lot of the Rex lunatics went over that direction. So I followed them as well. I've been enjoying my experience. So I think there'll be a lot of fun DeFi and NFTs. And there's lots of builder activity for you to explore. Jade, the airdrops, right? The airdrops. The airdrops. Yeah. We, we were speaking before. I, I My first altcoin purchase in a long time was Adam. And if you stake mm -hmm. Adam, I feel like it just rains airdrops all the time, very reminiscent of early Terra. So that's a project that uh, I like right now. I have to agree. I I hopefully we see big things. Who knows what's, which one's going to win? I'm just going to spread things around. That's why I diversify. Now, I want to know what's been your most degen trade, play, thesis, what was the result, and is it still ongoing? Oh, in crypto? Mm -hmm. <laughs> so there's this, I've got this um, this second channel, and I don't really talk about it too much because I don't really review many things on there. It's called Dan Degen. And of course, you know, my channel is just basic meat and potatoes, what's the news going on, and very safe. But Dan Degen is for... Well, you degenerates. And the four that I've covered so far, uh, Everdome, Fame, and Gensukishi, and Sweatcoin did okay. They did okay. Sweat, Fame is probably the worst one that uh, out of all of them. But uh, I've done some, some degen plays, and I still think they could do pretty well. So, like, Fame, yeah, this is, you know, if you want to... I'm not going to say it's a mistake, but so far the price action does not look in good my favor. Fame was a pretty, it was reasonable tokenization as far as like, like the cliff and the lockup. And it was, it's like the UFC, but it's in, it's in Europe. And they, and they pit uh, influencers on like, on like TikTok and Instagram and YouTube to fight in UFC matches. It's crazy. <laughs> and they use the fame token to pay these people and these people get on their social platforms and promote it. And I was like, well, that makes sense. And of course you get like discounts on the, on, on the pay-per-views, which I got to tell you, uh, they were actually pretty good pay-per-views. I could, I didn't understand what they were saying. Cause it was in, it was in Polish, but it sounded pretty good. So that was one of my DGEN plays. Uh, Genso Kishi is probably, probably one, one of my best ones. And that was because no one had heard about it. It was built on Polygon, but it had a track record, which, uh, over seven or eight years, it's been on uh, Nintendo Switch. It's been on PlayStation 4. It's on uh, Android and iOS. And it was a it was a Web 2 game that they ported over to Web 3 
and a metaverse play. And they already had millions of people. So I'm like, well, that's a no brainer. And it's still going reasonably strong. Everdome kind of halfway and then Sweatcoin, which again is, it was like uh, stepping, except it was free. And of course, people say, well, if it's free, I'm the product. Well, yeah. So right now you're probably watching this video on YouTube. I guarantee you watch an ad. And if, if, if that's the case, unless you have uh, YouTube premium. So Sweatcoin was the same thing. It was an app. You would download it. It would count your steps. It would pay you in sweat tokens. There'd be some ads. Yeah, you could buy some things on there and it was those bit thing. And that did okay. And it actually was the, uh, the number one downloaded app uh, in the world for 2022 in health and fitness, over 100 million downloads. So that one was, did okay. But that, but JD, I understand, that's just the download of the app, not the actual sweat token, which they could not release in America because of, well, you know that guy, Gary Gensler was protecting us so hard we couldn't get we couldn't get the uh, yeah the, the sweat coin over here in America. So maybe as time goes on we'll see it over there. But those are my those but are, we would get so my, healthy. Think about all the steps Americans would be walking more. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. Like I'm doing a a, a month long challenge right now. So like everybody who downloads the app, like for one through thirty, like first place they get like a thousand sweat tokens they're gonna get a a coin ledger premium subscription they get a subscription to ben's website and it just and all these different nfts and things like that so that'll conclude on january 31st and uh that's what we're doing with it right now if this going back to the fame token if they asked you to be part of this ufc octagon in the ring would you do it no that is not my that is not my wheelhouse like there's 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 people that can get out there and get into bar fights. And that was a long time ago. These days, I just want to stay healthy and not have my face mangled and punched in. So I'm good to go. Okay, perfect segue. I was going to ask you, what do you enjoy doing for fun? I know that you like to play volleyball. You have a charity as well. Can you tell me a little bit about that? Yeah, so like I played I played volleyball in college. I was too short. I was a setter. And then uh, I played a lot on the on the sand. And then, of course, here in Puerto Rico, which is great. There's a lot of there's a lot of uh, crypto OGs here. I meet a lot of people who they play volleyball and are also like early Bitcoin, you know, adopters. And I got to tell you, some of those guys are kind of annoying because they're like, you know, I bought it at a dollar. I'm like, I don't care what it was, Henry. I don't care what you bought it at. Just serve the ball. So like, yeah. So <laughs> so, so 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 sand volleyball is still, you know, uh, it's uh, one of those things. Also, beach tennis here is a big thing. So we've been playing that, and then. That's why we, we have a sports facility in El Paso called the Sandbox. And it's where we have uh, four courts and we have leagues, tournaments and events over there. And, and we have sand volleyball go on. So that's why I like to do that. And then just to stay in shape, because, you know, as you get older, you got to do those things. And uh, that's what I like to do. Movies, any kind of food that I can get my hands on and then uh, try to keep my alcohol intake to a minimum. That is, uh, that is my favorite things to do. So you're very active. Yeah, I try to be because like, I mean, if you don't, it's again, it's it's all about, you know, um, improving yourself and improving those around you. So like if I, I, there's a little thing that pops up on my, on my phone every day. Did you do something harder than yesterday? Which means whatever that is, if that is, you know, working a little bit harder or playing an extra game or picking up a new sport or whatever, just do something. So I try to stay as active as I can because it keeps the mind sharp. And uh, that's what it is. Because in my in my family, I've you know genetically, you know, cancer runs in my family, dementia runs in my family, high blood pressure, hypo, hyperthyroidism. So I have to keep myself as healthy as I possibly can. Is this what inspired your charity? 
Ah, the charity. Yeah, that's right. So we have this, we have this, well, the, the charities, it's over in, in El Paso, we have an obstacle course because we have a couple, couple acres right next to the, uh, the sports facility and it's called insanity. And what it is, is it's an obstacle course. It's 1.6 miles. Anybody can finish. It's kind of like the Spartan race, but for like people who would like to just not, you know, go all out and run like crazy. So we do that twice a year. Usually it's in April and in October and hundred percent of the proceeds go to the El Paso Boys and Girls Club. So we just do that for free. So like I get out there and like I work the course and do the construction. I have some people help me and then we just run it for one day and then that's it. So the reason why I did that is because when I was growing up, I didn't really have, uh, my mom worked a lot, a little bit too much and me and my brothers were a little bit, uh, bored and got into trouble. So El Paso or the boys and girls club was, uh, was there. So once you're a latchkey kid, you kind of always gravitate towards that. You said this a little bit, but what is it like living in Puerto Rico? I was listening to one of your recent videos and all of a sudden there was music blasting. It was a constant party. I think yes. you're saying, do you live there full time now? What inspired yes. that move? So it's full time because, well, for, well, there's, there's two reasons. First of all, me and my wife, we don't like cold weather whatsoever. And even though we live in El Paso, Texas, it still gets cold. And for some people, they're going to laugh at this, but it gets to like 30 degrees. That's yeah. For, for us, that's like super cold. Right. <laughs> so we're not like that. We don't like that, especially with wind chill, it gets down pretty lower. And I'm sure people are like, well, you know, in Canada, a eh, gets down to negative 30. I get it. <laughs> I understand, but I don't like it. My wife doesn't like it. So we said, let's move to, to Puerto Rico. Also, there is this, this great tax incentive, which I'm sure you've heard about. So there's no capital gains tax. However, as I've come to learn, well, I, I knew this before, but once you move here, first of all, you have to employ people. You have to buy property. You have to pay a filing fee of $5,000 and you have to pay $10,000 to the charities of your choice on top of all the different taxes that you pay for said properties and everything else. The cost of living here is actually quite high. So um, that's why we moved down here to Puerto Rico and uh, we like it. And anyway, it's, it's great because like, this is another, another downfall. Jade, you're going to figure this out. Once you retire, mm -hmm. guess what your friends are doing? Oh my God, working. Exactly. So oh. what do you do? Well, I got nothing to do. It sucks. So like, <laughs> I mean, like, uh, like my friend George, he, I mean, he works for the military. My friend Mike, he works for, uh, used to work for TechStot. Alex is a teacher. My friend Caesar works for uh, some conglomerate, you know, in El Paso. They're all working. So it's like, what do you do? Well, you know, at least here in Puerto Rico, again, a bunch of degenerates who invest in the crypto, like, hey, Rob, you want to play volleyball? Let's play volleyball. Hey, let's go out for this, do that. They have the time to do those things. And I think that's like the ultimate flex if you really want to look at flex, just to have freedom of your time. So that's another big reason. So think about this, everybody. When you're here, you're like, at some point, you're going to come through these, these problems and you got to figure them out sooner than later. So important. Okay, I have just a couple of quick questions and then we'll wrap up. Sure. I call this quick take. What book are you reading right now? So, well, Marcus Aurelius Meditations. I try to read this this book all the time and it's just it's just stoicism. So if you are watching this video right now, there's a website called dailystoic.com. It's by Ryan Holiday and you can sign up for a newsletter for free. And they just send you this, the basic wisdoms of, of Stoics, which I think it's, 
it's a good way to control your emotions, not about suppressing and eliminating, but realizing what your emotions are, especially right now as a trader, understanding them, dealing with them, and then rationalizing how to move forward. So I'm always reading that book. Is the pool, should I say pools, <laughs> are they real? Yeah. So like, I, I think in the beginning, you saw my other dog, Chloe, just, just walk by. Uh, they're both real, but I guess, and we talked about this before. So here in Puerto Rico, that's the pool here in, in El Paso, we have an indoor pool. And everybody kept asking me the same question. Like, this is this guy's fake. It's, the pool's not real. And I was like, ugh. So I would take a bottle and I'd just throw in the pool and I'd say, see, it's real. You know, unless I've got some super crazy, you know, FX and you'd see the splash. And it was like, oh, it's real. It's crazy. Then I kept getting asked again and again and again. And then some people just did it just to, just because they wanted me. Now there she goes. Just wanted to see me, you know, do it. And I was like, I'm getting sick and tired of digging these or, you know, scooping these bottles out of the pool. So I just said, it's a green screen. You guys are right. And then like with this one, like it's a green screen. So let's just get to the story so we can move forward. So that's it. That's hilarious. What is your most used crypto slang? For me, it's I'm not your dad. And this isn't financial advice. Because when I would say not financial advice, I think it just people would just skim over it. But when I say it's not, I'm not your dad. I think people like would like, oh, this guy really doesn't care. Well, I care, but not enough to like make you do anything that you sh shouldn't do. So I say, I'm not your dad. This is a financial advice to do whatever you want to do. But this is the thing that I'm going to talk about. So that's what I use the majority of. What's your favorite meme coin? Oh, my favorite meme. It's Doge. It's Doge. It's Doge because I like Doge back when it wasn't so serious and Elon wouldn't pump it up because if you had like an XRP maxi and an Ethereum maxi fighting, you know, like in a Twitter spat, you all, the only thing you had to do is just go in there and go, yeah, but what about Doge? And everybody would start laughing. Ah, Doge, that's funny. And it was, it's always my favorite. Now it's taken a little more seriously. I wish it wouldn't, but uh, it's still Doge. I still like it. This next question, I, I think I know the answer to it now, but I'll ask it anyway. Is it harder for you to buy low or sell high? Oh, yeah, it's easier. It's so much easier to buy low. And that's what everybody talks about, right? Buy the dip. Let's buy the dip. Did you buy the dip? There's a dip to buy. Did you buy that? Did you buy the dip? And it gets to be like so simple. And then as, as things start to go up, yeah. you're like, you got to hold on. You got a diamond hands. You got it. And that, that other one, Jade, I got to tell you that diamond hands narrative. Ah. <sighs> That's another mistake that I, I have eliminated from my vocabulary. And not to go off on a rant, but we just, we just covered a story about Peter Thiel and his crypto hedge fund. They have been investing for eight years, which is a good amount of time to invest, right? In the Bitcoin conference, I want to say it was April or May 2022, one of those months, he was a keynote speaker and he, he went up there and talked about how great Bitcoin was. And how you know fiat the fiat narrative was was expiring and and crypto was was the greatest thing, but just a month ago they had emptied their entire fund and sold out for surprise fiat. So like uh, these things that we talk about, you know, as far as like selling, I'm trying to get better at it. I'm not a pro by any means, but just this last pump up with thirty percent. I was like, did you guys take some profits? Because it's important to do it. And I'm like, well, Rob, it's not that many profits because I'm like, I don't care if it's that many profits. It's about greasing the wheel and muscle memory. Because when the big day hits, you want to be able to sell. So for me, it's still hard to sell because I still, 
let's be honest, we're all greedy a little bit. And we look at it and we're like, oh, I can I know it can still go up. Well, if Bitcoin went to 21,000, what means it couldn't go to 24,000 or 28? I'll just wait till then. And then you never sell and you write all the way up and all the way down. Lessons. That should be the theme of this. Complete the sentence. Financial independence is... Financial independence is the ability to do what you want when you want. It's not so much because we can all pay our bills and we can all have have a zero sum. I just saw a, a tweet and it was uh this guy was in Colorado. He's like, the ultimate flex is is skiing on a Thursday at 2 p.m. when everybody else is at work. That's financial independence. Doing what you want when you want without any financial worries. I hope to get there one day soon. Ah, you'll be there soon, Jade. Time, time. That's all it takes. So I promise to wrap up. I'm so enjoying talking to you. What excites you the most about the future of Web3? I think it's the ability to get away from these these legacy platforms, like, say, a Google and storage, like, say, Apple and their and their and their apps. They take 30 percent like, say, I mean, anything that you do on the Internet where you can't transfer any type of value. I think the big thing is just to be able to give people a little bit more control of what they do and not have these gatekeepers so much, which are just middlemen that uh, excise fees, which are sometimes exorbitant, and it just makes people poorer. So I think the big thing, and whatever whatever that is, if that is some type of of, of game development, if that is some kind of uh, online decentralized storage, or if that is some kind of DAP that's being built in some way, shape, or form, so much the better. I think that's that's the big thing. I can't say what the project is or what it's going to do because I think just like because I'm old enough to remember when the, before the internet and the internet came along, we had no idea what it was going to morph into. We really did. We really did think it was going to be like just a couple of websites, and that was all we needed. Because why would we need that? And now, of course, we look at, at the web, and it's just so expansive. And then, you know, here we are today. So that's what I'm excited about. And what is one thing that you wish people knew about you or you hope that they take away from this interview? Okay, there's two things. First of all, I will never contact you, period. So don't fall for any kind of scam or anything like that. I get probably 10, 15 offers a week. So I don't need you to, to for me to reach out to you to, to do something like to give you something. And then uh, the next part is, is that sometimes like I may seem like I'm uh, a little bit stern or not really too, I guess, happy about things, but uh, it's just me being reserved. And I use a lot of sarcasm. So I'm not a very big, hugely emotional person just by nature as time has gone on. So just realize that, you know, like some people say, Rob seems down today. Rob seems kind of stoic. I just am. It's just how I've been. And uh, I'm actually having a pretty good life, quite honestly. Rob, thank you so much for joining me today and sharing so much of that very good, beautiful life with me. It's been really fun to get to know you. We were talking earlier. You think you know someone, right? You watch their videos. and Oh, yeah. But you don't. But it, it's fun kind of getting to know you and, and hearing about you and, and your story. I really appreciate you being so open and, and vulnerable with me. Great. Thanks for having me on. And Jade, remember, I mean, it sucks right now. I believe me, I've been there. But as time goes on, just Time in the market is more important than timing the market. You'll be fine. And for people that aren't following you, which they absolutely should, because you have an amazing website with the free tutorials, Twitter and YouTube, where should I link them to follow you? 
So everything starts with the YouTube channel, and then you can find danteachescrypto.com, which is 100% free. It's free because, I mean, look, it's going to be hard enough for you as an investor. So I don't want to have to fleece you for, for funds. And we have everything from like the basic things of like how not to get scammed, how to use a ledger, how to use a MetaMask, all the way to uh, the things that I do as far as like dollar cost averaging and when to sell and exit strategies and all everything's in between. That is so important. I will put the links in the description below. Rob, thank you again. I really appreciate your time. Thanks, Jade. We'll see you next time on Behind the PFP. Adios.